and welcome to episode four, or track four, if you will, of Listen to the Words. I'm Evelyn Price, and my co-host is here. Great, greetings, podcast people. <laughs> Mr. Steve. So tonight we have three new songs for you. It's just us. Will is still here. He just doesn't want to talk to you guys. Um, tonight our three songs are Informer by Snow, Roman P by Psychic TV, and Psychedelic Shack by The Temptations. So the, the psychic in two of those is a complete um, coincidence. We weren't trying for some psych theme. In between the lines, there's a lot of obscurity. Which you can probably tell from Informer, <laughs> which, which is what we'll start with. Uh, how much do you remember about Informer, Mr. Steve? All right. Informer was out when I was a, I wasn't a Mr. Steve yet. Yep. I was a teen Steve. And I remember, and this seems to be a running theme with some of the songs we do, I remember being endlessly annoyed by Informer. <laughs> uh, my like, girl, like, hey, yeah. Uh. My girlfriend at the time had the single, the cassette single, <laughs> I should add. And I was full on listening to like British electronic synth pop or mope pop and metal and i had no concept of why anyone would find informer enjoyable or want to hear it all the way through let alone more than once <laughs> so i'm not even going to pretend like i didn't like it because it was 1992 and since i graduated roughly at the end of the 90s i was still a child when this came out um and i liked things like color me bad so I guess that's sort of a defense of the fact that I know that there was a cassette of 12 Inches of Snow within my household. I believe that it was owned by my brother, but I don't think that really excuses anything. I was trying to remember how many inches of snow it was. 12. It is 12 inches of snow. I A full foot of snow. Or a 12 inch record of snow. <laughs> I was hoping in my heart of hearts that it wasn't like, six to 10 inches of snow, <laughs> like the Aerosmith, my big 10 inch record. You know, I was hoping that snow wasn't like, this is the size of my penis. Oh no, no. He's basically like, this is the size of my penis. 12 inches. Yeah. Snow. snow only has two focuses and they are murder and romance. Informer. Which makes him sound cool. It does, but we're going to talk about how we're, we're still unsure if he is cool or not. Like murder and romance, that's those are the themes of some of my favorite records. It's like the greatest art of all time. You know, yeah. murder and romance, three cheers for sweet revenge. <laughs> that's the theme of that record. And, and revenge, obviously. <laughs> it's right there in the title. They don't bury the lead. <laughs> okay, so if you are a younger person, a youthful person, you the, the likelihood that you've heard this song is pretty probably pretty low unless you've heard it in a jokey context so you can go to our spotify listen to it under the episode songs it is worth at least one listen because it is a crazy song um as i said it came out in 1992 snow as they call him his real name is darren kenneth o'brien he is from canada uh, i'm sorry uh, are you okay do you, we, we need to stop for a second re repeat that name again sure sure it's darren kenneth o'brien Makes the best corned beef in town. 
this this is fucking spectacular no, no. i can say that i'm irish <laughs> partially irish i don't want i don't want anybody to be like all right leprechaun take a genetic test and tell me how irish you are uh, part irish darren kenneth o'brien who drank the last of the whiskey oh it's darren kenneth o'brien <laughs> you're in my way sorry so he is Irish. You're you're correct. He's Irish. Yes. No. Wow. Okay. Um. But he is from Canada. Right. That's what threw me. I, yes. He's Irish Canadian. Irish Canadian who grew up in a housing project filled with West Indians and Jamaicans. Okay. So that explains some things. It explains why he glommed on to reggae. <laughs> it does not really explain why MC Shan took him under his wing. MC Shan is the MC Shan that you think he is if you're listening to this and you know a lot about hip-hop. He is legendary Juice Crew fucking MC Shan. And one would think that he would not take this little white boy under his wing, but that's what happened. And it sort of happened in the same way that it happened with Eminem and Dr. Dre. And Quentin Tarantino. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's very much like Eminem and Dr. Dre, which actually gives him a little more cred than someone like Vanilla Ice. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go, 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 go. So Snow is the Eminem of reggae, basically. Um, let's see. I don't know how much background I want to give you on this before we go into these lovely, lovely lyrics. Well, well, let's first talk about what Informer is about because it's about exactly what the title says. It's about an informer. A snitch, yes, if you will. Yes, it is the stop snitching anthem of the 90s. Okay. Um, when he wrote it, he was in jail charged with two attempted murders. What? <laughs> yeah, that guy? That guy. Um, yes, that guy who actually looks like he's in Color Me Bad. Yeah, he looks just like one of the guys in Color Me Bad. Yes. So he was in jail charged with these two attempted murders. He was not convicted of those murders. He came out of jail. Or what kind of murders were they? Were they stabby murders? Stabby murders, um, but they weren't actually murders. They were attempted murders. So he, in a 99 interview long after Informer had come out, the way that Darren describes it is he called it a couple of bar fights. Okay. Um, Which... Uh, it could be. I don't know. I mean... I don't have the court papers on what happened I, I think you hit... Unlike the movies, like when you hit somebody with a beer bottle or whatnot, they don't usually break and they lead to like skull fractures and yeah. dying and all sorts of unpleasant complications. I imagine a bar fight could escalate into attempted murder very quickly. Right. So that is pl deemed plausible. <laughs> plausible. Stamp plausible. I deem it plausible. <laughs> so he's in jail for the, that. that's what Informer is about. How the, long the, was he in jail? Um, I'm not certain. We would have to get some statistics, some some research on that. Boop, 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 boop. But he, that's what Informer has written about, about the people that informed on him for the these couple of bar fights that were the cops called attempted murders. Okay. So he came out on bail, recorded Informer, and then went back for eight months to jail on aggravated assault. So I couldn't exactly Which find out if this is the same charge. 
if the attempted murders turn into aggravated assault, but I will report back y'all if I find that. That could also be hitting somebody with a beer bottle. It could be. <laughs> it could be that Darren's thing was just to hit people with beer bottles everywhere His he went. His last name was O'Brien. <laughs> O'Brien. Is O'Brien. <laughs> it's currently it still currently. O'Brien. He's alive. Hi, Darren. I appreciate you. So Darren dropped out when he was in ninth grade. Um, Man, is this going to be another thing where we think this is not that, a Rob Thomas situation? We're going to be able to make fun of somebody, and then you're like, they had a really hard life. And I don't know how much more I can take. I mean, and a little. Feel, he did have a really hard. And life. I feel bad afterwards. Not as bad as Rob Thomas. Okay. Don't worry, All because right. it, it like Informer was a hit in 1992, and he's sort of been okay since then. It was a hit. Like, yeah, it he, was everywhere. Yes, it. It was at Kennywood. And while you're trying to taste all the kinds of Kennywood cuisine. It was absolutely <laughs> ubiquitous. And when I realized that it actually only spent seven weeks at number one, I could not make that information make sense in my head. Having lived through this time, I th it seemed like Informer was the only thing they played on the radio or that they would just play Informer than another song than Informer than a different song than Informer. Than a different song. The MTV effect, too, because like things that were on the charts for a certain amount of time, sometimes their rotation on MTV extended far past that. Yeah. Yeah. So it just it seemed like it was everywhere. It felt like it was the only song for much longer than seven weeks. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's get into this, because no one really knows a whole lot about what he's saying, except for. Um, usually people do garbled versions of the chorus. Um, most of this is still going to sound a little strange and I'm not going to do the Jamaican patois, which is what it is. Um, it's this nice white Irish boy doing Jamaican patois with the... But MC Shan said it was okay. I was, I was just going to say with the blessing of <laughs> MC Shan, who produced and recorded this album. Um... I, I'm not going to do the patois, so I will do my best to tell you what it seems like he is saying in a translated version. All right. So the beginning, you remember, the beginning is like a good part of the song. It's MC Shannon and Snow just talking to each other like... I don't remember this at you all. You don't remember so this? please refresh my memory. Okay. So, what up, man? Hey, yo, what's up? What's going on here? Sick and tired of 5-0 running up the block here. You know what I'm saying? Yo. Snow, they came around here looking for you the other day. And Snow goes, word? As one does. And Shan goes, word, bust it. So Snow's going to bust it. Now, this is the, people would say it's the chorus, it's the hook, it starts off the song. This is the part that everyone remembers. And it's basically a whole paragraph of stop snitching. Informer, you know, say daddy me, Snow, I go blam, which means he's going to shoot you. For telling on him. Wow, I, I know it's no a it's a it's a lot. I mean, I <laughs> we're, 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 that is it is not what you not think it is. Not even close to what I thought he said. <laughs> I know. So a licky boom boom down. You uh, were correct when we I, briefly discussed this before the show. That was, that the, only was the only thing you remember. Uh, a licky yeah. boom boom down and mm. informer. Informer. But a licky boom boom down is not nonsense. In, in, does it refer to shotgun blasts? It does. It's the licks of a shotgun blast. Now, Snow has said, Snow seems to be actually doing a lot of lying after the fact. because A lot of talking out of both sides. Exactly, of exactly. So now he says that this was just gibberish. It was just garbled like the rest of it. Or it was like, um, so this song is reggae. It's dance hall. It's 
they do something that is like scatting, but it's called toasting. I always tell them I like toast. So there's also some of this later in the song. Um, so that's what he was basically saying. It was a talking, chanting sort of gibberish. But I also have read a lot in the run up to this that says that a licky boom boom down is actually I'll beat you down or I'll gun you down. Okay. When you watch the video for Informer, um, Mr. Frosted Hair is making gun motions when he says licky boom boom down. So finger guns, finger guns. Yes. Okay. So a licky boom boom down could be nothing. As Snow says, it could actually be the slang that other people have said that he was definitely using. Uh, the next song, you or the next line, you will again be very shocked. <laughs> Detective man say, daddy me snow stabs someone down the lane. Now, I can't do any better than the description on Genius of this. Um, so I'm just going to read the sentence that, that tells you what this says. And it's, the detectives claim that Snow stabbed somebody down the street. Wait, Genius does a, let me translate that for you. Well, no, Genius has this function, which shout out Genius. Like you can sponsor us if you'd like to, because I love you. And I'm constantly looking up stuff on you specifically. Um, it has... There's if there's a lyric is highlighted, you can click it and then it gives you these annotations. Ah. But you have to know that the annotations are user created. So it's a lot like Wikipedia. Like there's the chance that it's absolutely totally not true. Right. So you kind of have to double check your sources on everything, as usual, with using the internet to do research. But yes, somebody typed into Genius the detectives claim that Snow stabbed somebody down the street, which is what that line is. So then this just repeats. Um, this is the part that was really catchy and I guess why it really caught on. Um, and then in verse one, we go into Snow's life. Police, they come and blow down my door. One come crawling through, through my window. So they put me in the back of the car at the station. From that point on, me reach my destination. Where the destination reaching out at East Detention. We can stop there and note that that's Toronto's East Detention Center. Okay. That sounds not bad because it's toronto so you think that it, it is not that bad but it apparently is a big city like apparently yeah it's solitary it was rough like snow was not lying about where he grew up um so where they look down me pants look up me bottom so Full body cavity search yep 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 i don't even need to translate that no so then we go back into the hook again and the hook just repeats and repeats and repeats. So he's basically like, stop snitching, stop stitching. I'll shoot you, stop snitching. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Which, I mean, maybe we should remake the song and just make it stop snitching. Could it be a hit today? I don't think so. I think that I Snow know. would immediately be canceled. Do you think he would be accused of cultural appropriation? 100 absolute percent. Unless. Unless. Unless the blessing of, of MC, MC Shan. I don't know. Because Dr. Dre made Eminem a star. And it, it, I believe that would probably still work today. But we're talking about Snow from Toronto who only had one hit really versus Eminem. I'm, I'm thinking about somebody typing a shitty tweet at you that's like Eminem made Eminem a star. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, all right. Yeah, I get what you mean. <laughs> Tell me, 
How do you feel about 45-year-old virgins who still live with their parents? <laughs> Don't at me. <laughs> okay, so verse two. So bigger they are, they think they have more power. Now, this next part, I don't know what Dupon means in Jamaican Patois, so I can't really tell you, but I am certain that it is in work, too. Um, they're basically telling him that he has one hour to make a phone call, and he's going to use that once now and call me lover Tammy. Tammy. Yes. Have you ever heard any of this within Informer when no. you've listened to it? And just uh, hearing that, like, call me... Call me love a Tammy. Yes, I heard that's Allie exactly. G. It is totally. Like, I totally Allie. heard Ali G. <laughs> but the the thing is that he's saying all of this so fast that it does not even sound like words. No. And it's the added possibility that some of it may just be um, toasting. Like some of it may be just him riffing. Um, who knows? Who knows? And again, these are the lyrics that I pulled from Genius. So they are not even definitely what he's saying. I'm just doing my best. Um, he loves her from his heart down to his belly. Yes, say daddy me snow. I feel cool and deadly. I remember being able to understand cool and deadly. Yes, the one MC Shan and the one daddy snow. Together we a love them is a tornado. So basically MC Shan and Snow fuck. They fuck a lot. See, I thought... Not they fuck together. I'm so, They fuck chicks. And they're combined. It's like a tornado, sense. like a Tasmanian devil of fucking... Is, is a natural disaster. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so, verse three. We're still in this verse, thing. Yes, we are. I'm only on the second page. So, listen for me. You better listen for me now. You know what part of the song we're in, right? I just want to make sure we're... No. no. Okay. Yeah. No, it's all a blur. <laughs> listen but for I, me. But I am... You better I'm listen for me now. I am. When we rock the microphone, we rock on steady. Yes, and me, Daddy Snow. Me, the article Don. I think that means he's the real thing. Um, please feel free to tell me if you know better than yeah, I. Yeah, the real Don. I, yeah, I would love to know if you know better than I. The Don. But in and out the dance, and they say, where you come from? So people are like, Snow? Where are you? Why are you here? Who? Where were you, Snow? Uh, I, I'm assuming that he's talking where about like being been? in a club right now. Because the next, he says, people say he comes from Jamaica. But he's born and raised in the ghetto. And he wants us to know. Pure black people, man, that's all that I know. So he actually says in the song... I want you guys to know that I was not raised like I'm not like some little white kid. I don't know if it's better or worse that he feels like he needs to give us the explanation. Um, so his shoes are torn up and his toes just show where me born are in the one Toronto. All rhymes pretty good. The hook again, mm -hmm. more informer, just boom, more informer. We're drowning in licky boom, boom down. Uh, verse four. This was, this is, this is, I think my favorite verse. Uh, if we're not counting MC Shans, which I had totally forgotten that he is actually on this track. So Snow says, come with a nice young lady, intelligent, yes, she gentle and iry. Will, can you please drop in the Pam Poovy from Archer saying iry? You can even leave in me asking you. I just need you to put it in right here. I'm going to be silent for a second so that Pam Poovy can say iry. Iry. All right. Everywhere we go, we never left her at all. Yes, Daddy Snow, are the Rome dance manna? I don't know. I wish I could tell you. 
Um, I wish somebody could tell me. If someone can tell me, please do. Um, she's basically just saying, I love my girl. In the middle of all of this, stop snitching. It doesn't matter that I'm white, and I love my girl. And I will shoot you or I will shoot. You. Well, that, you know, that goes with the stop snitching. I will shoot you. It's a <laughs> That's that's what I'm that's what I'm getting no. from from Snow. Disclaimer: Snow wants you to know that "licky boom boom down" does not mean the things that we are saying that it means right now. It probably means those things. Um, me never lay down flat in one cardboard box. So I guess he's telling us that he was never broke enough that he had to sleep in a cardboard box, or that he never had a cardboard box big enough to lay down in. Maybe, Maybe. he didn't have a fancy enough cardboard box that could be i'm not sure what he's getting at except that he loves his women and he will shoot you yeah uh, and i mean he was talking about allegedly <laughs> i assume he's talking about tammy 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 so then the hook comes back we're back in informer again the hook repeats so many times that it is almost maddening yes it is so then there's an interlude that is just um it looks like it's just toasting because it's just why when I was a child, I thought that he was saying, why would he, why would he, would he, would he, but the genius lyrics just basically say like, woo, we, wow. It basically just says, wow, wow, we, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe the song was written by Sasha. <laughs> yeah. No diggity. <laughs> All right. So verse five is MC Shan. It is in, normal, like understandable language, mostly. Me sitting around cool with my divvy divvy girl, police knock my door, lick up my pal. He's talking about snow. Locking him up. Yep. Rough me up and I can't do a thing. Pick up my line when my telephone rings. Wiretapping. Take me to the station, black up my hands, fingerprinting. Trail me down cause I'm hanging with the snowman. And I've seen people say that this means snow. And then I've heard other people say it's a double meaning that it means snow and cocaine. Cocaina. Yes. Yes. So what am I going to do? I'm backed and I'm trapped. Slapped me in the face and took all of my gap. They have no clues and they want to get warmer. But Shan will turn informer. Oh, so it all comes back. Mm hmm. Well, for, I had no idea there were so many verses. And then the hook plays again. And then there's an outro. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is amazing. That's a lot. It is a lot. Um, it kind of makes you, when you listen to it, it kind of makes you think that MC Shan had just done the whole song himself. Um, I don't know about the rest of the album. Um, and I'm not going to go back and listen to the rest of the album unless you maybe pay us an absurd amount of money on the Patreon. You're going to end up listening to that album. <laughs> In this day and age of streaming music. <laughs> Someday curiosity is going to get the best of you and you're going to have that little itch that you can't scratch. And you're gonna, I have to know what the rest of 12 inches. I need the other 11 <laughs> inches of snow. I only got the one inch. I of only snow. got the one inch of snow. I don't, I can't really make out the consistency or what it's comprised of. I need the other, I need the other 11. Yeah. So I know that I can't do Patois justice. I tried to give at least as much background as I could. No one can figure out really what Snow is saying, probably even people that speak in Patois. So I'd like to Which give... Which brings us to... Well, I, I, I want to give the, the last word to another reggae star, Shaggy. Right. Shaggy! <laughs> 
And he said in 1993, so the year after Informer came out. Which did it did it break your brain when you first heard Shaggy speak and he did not have the patois? Uh it I actually couldn't believe it. Like I thought that he was certainly lying to Yeah, me. it broke my brain. I, I, there was a list of um when I was doing like all of my research for this, there was a list that I had happened upon that I can't remember where I saw it, but it was basically like what real reggae, what artists real reggae fans don't respect. Mm -hmm. And Shaggy was also among them. Um, so it was like people who tried to mainstream reggae. Obviously, Snow was among them. Shaggy was among them. Aini Kamozi, do you remember Here Comes, Here comes the, hot the Hot Stepper? stepper. I was yeah. going to say they don't respect people who cover Angel of the Morning. <laughs> Anyway, besides Shaggy's Shaggy. album with Sting. Shaggy. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Shaggy. You don't want to talk about Shaggy, Shaggy's album with Sting? <laughs> you don't want to talk about that open wound? I don't want to talk about later Sting. All right. Anyway, we're going to give the last word to Shaggy in 1993. Because at some point, I'm going to talk about early Sting on this very podcast. But later Sting is something I, I'm, it's too, it's too fresh, too recent, too soon. The righteous. <laughs> Shaggy said of Informer. Okay, put out an R.B. or hip hop beat and chat Patois style on it. People ain't fascinated by the style you chat. They're fascinated by the music. Because it ain't like anybody understand a fucking thing you say on it. That is Informer by Snow. I'm, you, you, <laughs> you were served, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know what else to say about it. I also don't know how to lead into the next song because it's, well, I let's... Was about to. <laughs> good, good, because it's about the most different thing I can think of. Well... It is still crime related. <laughs> is this a crime episode? It, no, not the it last It is one. not a crime episode, but this the next song is crime related. Uh, the our our next track is the song Roman P by Psychic TV. Roman P uh, being a reference to Roman Polanski. Uh, Psychic TV, for those of you who may not know is uh, a group that was founded by the legendary Genesis P. Orange. Genesis P. Orange uh, was a performance artist who came to prominence in the 1970s with the avant-garde electronic band Throbbing Gristle. Um, Throbbing Gristle and the description of the music they produced uh, it started off being described as metabolic music. Uh, they built their own synthesizers. They pioneered all sorts of new sonic technologies. Uh, and later, Genesis would describe it as industrial music. So Genesis P. Orridge, it can be and has been said. He invented industrial. Invented industrial music. Legends. Legend. Uh, in addition to Jen's work with, and I, I'm saying he at that period because Jen would later transition to a pandrogynous identity. Uh, so anytime I speak of Jen in later years, I will make sure to refer as she uh, however, it will slip from time to time because I was familiar with Jen before the transitioning. 
So it's kind of a Wendy Carlos, Walter Carlos situation where however you encountered them first in your youth mm. is how they kind of lock in your brain. And she prefers she now. She prefers she now. And I will do my best to respect that as we talk about it, because I have nothing but uh, the utmost respect for Jen. One of both of our favorites. And I don't know Genesis Peorge, so, but, yeah, I, but uh, I, you, I, I hear I, people <laughs> say Jen so often uh, that, that I refer to Jen as Jen. Plus, yeah. saying that whole thing is a mouthful. Genesis Prior Peorage <laughs> is a lot. Yes, it's a lot of porridge. So, <laughs> uh, after Throbbing Gristle, uh, Genesis Peorage, Jen. <laughs> Just say Jen. <laughs> founded Psychic TV, uh, which was basically, it was meant to be a, a full-on assault on the senses, on ideological control. Genesis Peorage had studied magic and the occult under William S. Burroughs, the uh, renowned beat writer. Uh, he's not really like he is of the he is in the beat time period. I say not of the beats, even though he was very close with Kerouac and Ginsburg. Uh, they couldn't have more different styles or subject matters. Um, and Burroughs was a good bit older than the rest of the Beats. Right. And Brian Geisen, a visual artist who invented the Dream Machine, which is a machine. Uh, the original ones were built uh, cylindrical shapes like tubes with cutouts that you would close your eyes and meditate in front of. And they would the flashing lights and and frequency of synchronization would essentially cause you to hallucinate, uh, thereby, uh, to use a Bill Hicks phrase, squeegeeing your third eye and <laughs> and letting things come through in in your in your uh, mystical consciousness. So Genesis Peorage uh, has also worked with Pigface, the industrial band, uh, all sorts of collaborators over the years. Uh, a real legend, and unfortunately, as of the time of this recording is recovering from a severe illness where her lungs were filling with viscous fluid and she had to be admitted to a hospital uh, for an emergency procedure. Uh, luckily, it's starting to clear up some, but uh, and she has been discharged. However, there is no pension plan, uh, as Jason Louvre wrote on Magic Me. There is no pension plan for uh, groundbreaking artists and occultists. <laughs> there's, there's no 401k when you found a whole genre of music. So there is currently a, a GoFundMe uh, to help Jen alleviate the stress of uh, the medical bills and try and fighting back. In addition to this latest bit, uh, Genesis has also been struggling with leukemia, mm. and it's. Uh, it's it's a real fight, and if you're interested, uh, you can go to the Magic with a K Me blog for details, or just type in Genesis Peorage GoFundMe. Uh, perhaps we'll put a link in the show notes. Yes, let's definitely do that. Um, we we gave to uh, this fund, of course, and we would strongly. Yeah, several, if you have anything to spare, anything every, anything helps. Every drop in the bucket helps, but. Uh, one of the most interesting things about Genesis is after studying the occult with William S. Burroughs and Brian Geisen, uh, when Genesis started Psychic TV, she also started essentially a magical order. So this was one of the 
as far as I can tell, the first instance of a musician with a tie-in magical order <laughs> created... It may still be the only one. Yeah, created soul, like to exist simultaneously. So what would happen is uh, psych the Temple of Psychic Youth, as it was called upon its inception, uh, basically you would send in uh, wishes uh, in interviews. Jen has said very frequently it would be people who who wanted jobs or wanted uh, a romantic love interest or things like that. Anything and, you desire. And there were particular methodologies that, that Jen would, would prescribe to you and, and you would, you would send them in often with these cards in often with uh, bodily fluids or blood or whatnot. And they, they would store all of these cards and files that people would send them. They also wrote numerous booklets uh, with treatises on magical philosophy. So if you joined the ch the Temple of Psychic Youth, you would get these pamphlets in the mail. They were basically little books on how to do magic. They were magic zines. Yes, they definitely were. Uh, I have some in my collection, and they're they're you know soft covered like card. Look, looks like they were made at Kinko's like oh, yeah. zines. Yeah, they, they are magic zines with with instructions on how to perform magical workings and also bits of philosophy. Uh, one of the most associated phrases with psychic TV is nothing short of a total war, which means, you know, uh, a war against, uh, as I said, control like Burroughs and his work was always railing against uh, thought police and uh, methods of keeping people in line. And so Psychic TV would, would frequently come back to those themes. Um, the song I'm going to talk about, Roman P, uh, about Roman Polanski, whose wife Sharon Tate was famously murdered while pregnant uh, by the Manson family. Um, Sharon Tate... Roman was out of Los Angeles at the time, uh, 1969, um, and the Ma Charles Manson allegedly had a beef with a producer uh, named Terry Melcher, who previously had rented that house. But when uh, Tex Watson and the other members of the family showed up at the house to to exact revenge. Did you really just name the only man in the Manson family? Uh, it's because I can't actually remember all of the females who were there. I believe uh, Sadie was there. So I mean, I can't Sadie. either. I just wanted to be shady I don't think it. Squeaky From was there. Wasn't she? I don't think she was. Susan Atkins was... Um, I, the Manson family, it's one of those things that I find fascinating, but I don't like to dwell on and I don't yeah. have encyclopedic <laughs> knowledge of it. Um, to, to paraphrase Grant Morrison, which is appropriate during this episode. <laughs> I mean, what, they just fucking killed people. Like, right. There's we don't need to know gorgeous their names. <laughs> or glamorous about it. Like, so uh, Roman Polanski, while he was out of town, and Roman Polanski had already had a bit of a, well, not even a bit. I mean, his parents were killed, or his parents were disappeared during the Holocaust. Oh, and I, Roman, did, I had no idea. Yeah, Roman uh, grew up under an assumed identity, essentially trying to survive the Holocaust. And then uh, he meets Sharon Tate in 1968, a year after they're married. 
uh, while she's pregnant, Sharon is murdered. Then, uh, notoriously, Roman Polanski, uh, despite the, the film career he had, uh, would later be essentially convicted of what is called statutory rape charges. Um, people argue whether like it's purely a statutory thing. If you listen to the, uh, the, the victim's account of events, it was clearly non-consensual. Uh, the statutory... So it, it wouldn't even really matter that she was underage because it was a rape nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, Samantha Geimer was 13 Not that years it old. Matter. Uh, was 13 years old. Uh, and while participating in a photo shoot at Jack Nicholson's house, in Los Angeles, Jack was out of town. Uh, allegedly, Angelica Houston had come by and was, uh, this is pulled from Wikipedia, this particular part, and was suspicious of what was going on during this photo so shoot. So Angelica and Houston was, was like, on the door. why do you have a 13 year old in there? Yes. One could theorize. <laughs> uh, so at any rate, Roman Polanski uh, is convicted flees the country when he realizes the judge intends to put him in jail. There's a whole lot more to this. Uh, if anyone wishes to read it, it's widely available on right. the internet. And there's a documentary called Roman Polanski wanted a desired about all this. Suffice it to say, he still does not live in the United States. Right. And uh, he was charged again as recently as uh, he was arrested in 2009. And uh, it, it the, the intent was the United States has constantly been trying to extradite him to to get him back to, to the States. To be able to charge him um, fully. The other thing about Roman Polanski, which we haven't talked about, is he is a legendary film director. Uh, he has directed such films as Rosemary's Baby, Chinatown. Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Um, he directed uh, The Piano with Adrian... Or not the piano, Did the he? pianist. Oh, okay. I was like, the wait a minute. The piano is the Jane Campion. <laughs> yeah. That is totally different. The pianist with Adrian Brody. Uh, the Ninth Gate with Johnny Depp. Is this a dream? No. I thought not. If it were, they'd be wrong. Uh, a terrible pirates movie with Walter Matthau. I am Thomas Bartholomew Red. <laughs> Uh, which I saw as a lad before I was aware of any of this. So he didn't stop doing movies after his, whether, was it a conviction? It's, it's, it's a, conviction. a conviction. They were yeah. ready to so send, some, yeah. and send him to jail. Uh, and he continued to work for years and years. And there are various, as one would imagine, opinions on the fact that he has been working, that he had worked steadily. Yeah. Now he's, uh, I believe, 87 years old. And I don't see much work in his future. Um, so why <laughs> would Psychic TV write a song about Roman Polanski? Well, given the fact that it's a, it's a magical order, and given the fact that Genesis is interested in the occult, and the Manson family murders have always had some overlap with the occult, um, people initially thought that they were satanic murders, um, even though they were trying to portray them as race murders, uh, people have often said that Sharon Tate herself was, they were like, here are these pictures of Sharon Tate participating in a satanic ritual. 
And what it was, was it was for Something a film. From a she set? Was, yeah. yeah <laughs> they were set pictures from a film she was working on. Um, and uh, needless to say, Roman, after uh, Sharon's death, was psychologically shattered. Of course. And uh, people who are psychologically shattered are prone to all manners of extreme behavior. So given the, the occult overlaps, given the occult nature of his work with Rosemary's baby and the mm. fact that Anton LaVey, you know, was a consultant and so appears in the film as the devil impregnating Rosemary. <laughs> uh, all One would the, think he had more than a passing familiarity with the scene. And given the Holocaust survival aspects, uh, it is perfect subject matter for psychic TV, TV, especially when you consider if you look at Roman Polanski's life as a sort of Greek tragedy where where the protagonist is undone by his own failings. Mm. Uh, so with Without any further ado, let us go into the lyrics of uh, Psychic TV's Roman P. Um, notably, before we dive right in, it was in a 90s Volkswagen commercial, and it was freaked it really? me right out. Like, they ran it in the 2000s, like, because I remember after really kind of deep diving into Psychic TV and Genesis Peorich, seeing the commercial. Is it just the, are you free? Are, are you, you really, really free? free? Yeah, really, it's the chorus. Really, yeah. And and I was just like, whoa, I mean, good for you because you need the money. Uh, Put Roman P in more commercials, <laughs> not Roman Polanski. <laughs> so as you were just saying, we start we we start with a, a almost what opens the song as a kind of... Uh, it's an informer-like hook. Informer. Well, no, we start the song with something <laughs> before the hook. We we start with a, an opening invocation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where it's Roman, you are. Roman in your victory, Roman in your destiny, which I think is just fantastic wordplay. Roman in your victory your Hollywood conquering success, mm -hmm. Roman in your destiny, the fall, fall of Rome. Rome. Um, then we get to the hook, which you were illustrating earlier. Uh, are you free? Are you really free? Are you really, 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 really free? Is it you? Is it me? Or is it simply history? Are you free? Are you really free? We repeat that again. Now, the verses of the song work in quatrains, um, mm -hmm. the uh, four lines grouped together. And I think they're so exquisitely minimalist and haunting at the same time. Sharon walks alone as your wife. Sharon gives her life for a knife. Sharon floating high up above, sighing, crying, dying for love. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's and the way Genesis sings it, it's it's, it's extremely wonderful. haunting and kind of chilling. We go back to the chorus: "Are you free? Are you really free?" Which so do you think that is sort of like uh, a poke? Don't poke me! I'm telling. Like, can you ever be really free after everything that has happened to you? Well, I think specifically it means all sorts of Roman P. Yeah, I I think I don't I don't think. I don't think it's a poke in terms of like uh, 
I don't. I mean, because he is free living in another country. Well, uh, by poke. Uh, well, I, I I just mean sort of um, that it's more of an indictment. Again, I don't know if it's an indictment. I don't know if there's a value judgment attached to it. It's almost it's the open-ended question. And what it seems from the song, the kind of description of of Roman and the wordplay. Of course, those those levels work in it. Are you free? Are you really free? Mm-hmm. Like, given everything that has happened to you, and given the arc of your life, even though you have fled the United States and are ostensibly living a life of freedom in France, right? That's the way I was. Can you ever truly be free of not only the tragedy but of your own actions? Right. So we we go through the the hook again. Uh, are you free? Are you really free? Is it you? Is it me? Or is it simply jealousy? Life of honey, life of hex, which hex curse, uh, the, the tainted damned life mm-hmm. of Roman Polanski, little girls drinking, eating cupcakes, little girls cause you your greatest mistake. Ew. Yeah. And if there is a part of the song that's a poke or an indictment, I would say that would be it. Mm. But uh, again, it's, it's merely conjecture. Uh, and that is Roman P. It's the chorus repeats. Uh, the, the Are You Free part is the majority of the song. The majority of the song, which is why even people who know the song in passing don't really listen to how succinct and pointed and layered with meaning those, those two little verses poems are. inside of the yeah. choruses it, it's it's i think a stunning piece of work uh so that is why i chose uh roman p and no matter what it is a banger it is a true banger all right so please tell me that for your third one we have like something a little more uh upbeat or like less about rape yeah uh i do (laughs) (laughs) i do um but in carrying over from psychic to psychedelic the weather is getting nice and for me in my life as spring and summer comes i tend to play oldies in heavy rotation um I enjoy listening to a lot of 1950s rock and roll and 60s soul when it is warm out. Although I guess oldies is becoming um, not what I thought oldies are because the oldies station in our neck of the woods. was playing the spin doctor. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like... It, where the, so after this, is there an ad for me to purchase my plot? Because <laughs> uh, My opinion on this issue is that <clears throat> oldies will always be oldies. Just as the 40s is the big band era, 50s and 60s will always be oldies. 70s will be, uh, for example, classic, classic rock, rock, album yeah. oriented rock. Disco. Or in this case psychedelic soul (laughs) so i would like to speak about psychedelic shack by the temptations now this song was a landmark moment in the careers of the temptations the temptations one of motown's greatest uh performing acts vocal groups 
uh, songs like My Girl, my girl, my girl, my girl. and uh, Beauty's Only Skin Deep. You should know The Temptations. If you don't know The Temptations, just go to Apple Music and type in The Temptations and then come back here. Uh, Doo-wop soul influence, uh, Barry Gordy's Hitsville, USA, Motown Studios. Uh, Temptations were one of the leading acts. Giants. 1970, uh, Norman Whitfield takes control of basically, takes more control of their music than Barry Gordy and Smokey Robinson. Smokey Robinson was one of the primary songwriters of all of the <laughs> 1960s Motown hits. Um, Not just the ones he featured on. Right. And then Norman Whitfield comes along with Temptations. And so it's a downside for the Temptations because they don't have nearly as much input into anything except like how vocals should be arranged on some of the records. That's not a lot of input at all. Right. Um, but Psychedelic Shack, uh, Norman Whitfield co-wrote with Barrett Strong. Barrett Strong, probably most well-known uh, to anyone who would be listening uh, for money. That's what I want. Your love gives me such a thrill. Mm -hmm. Your love don't pay my bills. I want the money. As covered by many rock or skiffle acts. Skiffle? Let, let us say. The only reason I know that word is because of the Beatles. Who covered money by mm -hmm. Barrett Strong. <laughs> so, Psychedelic Shack is an attempt to take the temptations forward to melge to melge <laughs> you can uh, use that that's a new word keep it in to meld <laughs> the worlds of smoky robinson and sly and the family stone ah, into one the psychedelic coherent sound um the single comes out in 1960 or was recorded in 1969 in early december comes out just after christmas 1969 the self-titled or the uh, title, the uh, album of the same title will be released mm -hmm. in 1970. Uh, the album, I should also point out, includes War, <laughs> which <laughs> would later be popularized by Edwin Starr because Motown would not let the Temptations release it as a single. Are you serious? Because they thought it would literally. It was too controversial for the Temptations? That's, That's what bullshit. they thought. But Psychedelic Shack is one of the funkiest, most feel-good songs you could ever imagine. Uh, would later be paid homage by the B-52s, who would create the song Love Shack. A totally different sound. My mind totally <laughs> wandered there for a second because I really got stuck on The Temptations doing War. So I was like trying to recreate it in my it's head. On is the, there a recording? Yeah, it's on the Psychedelic Shack record. Okay. Uh, this also marks the point where The Temptations music gets into uh, more socially conscious areas, obviously with war, but with a ball of confusion. That's what the world is today. Mm -hmm. uh, Cloud nine. It's really where they, they, even though they had very little control, the power of the music is amazing. And Psychedelic Shack, if you play it loudly in your car when you are driving down the street, it is impossible not to feel like the coolest motherfucker on the planet. <laughs> so, Psychedelic Shack is about a place you go to have your mind expanded. Ooh. And without any further hullabaloo. Is this like a Love Shack or not? It's a Love Shack, but better. It's a Love Shack with LSD? 
Let yes. us let us open the door to the psychedelic shack. Open the door of your mind. A great thing about the the way psychedelic shack starts is it starts with someone opening a door, creaking sound effect and all, like sounds like a Vincent Price movie for a second. And somebody dropping the needle on a previous Temptation single co-written by Norman Wolfgang. Again, just talking about what a badass Norman Wolfgang is. Uh, we're, we're talking about songs like I Heard It Through the Grapevine, I Can't Get Next to You. Like, the guy co-wrote all of these songs. Like, all of the funkier, more soulful uh, kind of Motown hits. That guy's Basically all the ones you are, probably know from the radio. All, the, all of the latter ones. A lot of the Marvin Gaye ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Like He worked on the Gladys Knight recording of I Heard It From a Grapevine as well. Which, in my opinion, even though I love the spooky eeriness of the Marvin Gaye... I love the Gladys Knight version. <laughs> like it's such like an upbeat, raucous kind of rendition of it. But the door opens to the psychedelic shack, creaking noise, haunted, spooky, spooky. They're playing the Temptations. They drop the needle, and it plays the intro to "I Can't Get Get Next to You," which is um, one of the members of the Temptations saying, "Hold, hold it, listen." And then it cuts to psychedelic shack with like this weird jarring like. Wow, this crazy <laughs> gong sound. And you get the temptations like singing in a hushed whisper, psychedelic shack, that's where it's at. Psychedelic shack, that's where it's at. <laughs> so people let me tell you about a place I know to get in it don't take much dough where you can really do your thing. It's got a neon sign outside that says, come in and take a look at your mind. You'll be surprised at what you might find. I don't know if you guys can tell from the way that Mr. Steve is speaking right now, but there, he is speaking through a giant grin that's about to crack his face, pretty much. Go on, tell us more about the psychedelic shit. I will, I will. <laughs> Strobe lights flashing from sun up to sundown. People gather there from all parts of town. Right around the corner, you know it's just across the track. People, I'm talking about the psychedelic shack. Uh... One of the other things I'd like to point out, I, I, my personal history with this song, I was introduced to this song via an episode of Moonlighting. <laughs> when I was a kid, the, the Bruce Willis Civil Shepherd show of Moonlighting was also how I found Sam Cooke. Uh, th- this may come as a, time, a bit of a shock to those listening, but there was a time when Bruce Willis was pretty cool <laughs> was I, and i don't mean that he's not cool now i mean he he was considered cool by everybody by everyone and so his love of of soul records and, and things like that would permeate a lot of the things he did to where he even released an album on motown records if you can believe that uh but back to the psychedelic check you can have your fortune told you can learn the meaning of soul there ain't no such thing as time there's wow nope doesn't exist (laughs) okay incense in the air peace signs painted everywhere i guarantee you this place will blow your mind no this is hippie shit yeah but it's deeper than hippie shit it's incense and peace signs incense and peace signs and soul music which is that we're not we're not talking do we have to have all of can't we just kick out the hippies? Well, here's where we here's where we get to even more a bit of subversion. They got music so high you can't get over it, so low you can't get under it. That sounds really familiar. Now that phrase it, it's paraphrased by Michael Jackson 
in Wannabe Starting oh, Something. Oh, of course. But the origin of that phrase is in a gospel song about it. It's speaking about Jesus. Like Elvis recorded it in like 1967 uh, on his gospel record. He's so high, so high, you can't get over him. So wide, so wide, you can't get around him. So low, you can't get under him. They're talking about God. Wow. And and this song has been recorded by by all sorts of uh, of different acts, like the Kingston Trio, uh, Laverne Baker. If you're a Hedvig fan, <laughs> you will know the name Laverne Baker. But so it's been transposed here to talk about mind expansion and the music in the Psychedelic Shack. Music so high you can't get over it, so low you can't get under it. Right around the corner, you know it's just across the track. People I'm talking about, the Psychedelic Shack. But who can go to the Psychedelic Shack? Well, he said everybody all around town. Exactly. Everyone is invited and welcome to expand their mind at the Psychedelic Shack. Millionaires, kings and queens go there uh, to do their thing. Oh, 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 millionaires? This is 2019. Everyone. Okay. Temptations okay. were millionaires. I'm not going to argue with the temptations. Millionaires, kings and queens go there to do their thing. You might see anybody there. Bearskin rugs, tails and minks. It don't really matter what you wear. Take off your shoes, sit on the floor, join in and be what you want to be. <laughs> I agree with this message. Again, just in case you forgot, the geography, the lay of the land, yeah. it's right around the corner. Right Just around the corner. The tracks. They got a cat there shouting the blues, talking about paying some dues. People walking around reciting poetry. Oh, no. Screaming guitars and a thousand colored lights. People, I'm telling you, this place is really out of sight. It sounds groovy. You can have your fortune told. You can learn the meaning of soul. I can tell you the place will blow your mind. Don't you know it's right around the corner? Oh, yeah. Just cross track. People, I'm talking about the psychedelic shack. A get down. <laughs> it ends with a get down. And the get down is all through the song. <laughs> if you get, you can get the album Psychedelic Shack, which has the single version. But I recommend the version on the 2003 Psychedelic Soul Temptations double CD release, uh, which has the full unedited jam session by the Funk Brothers. It's, I want to say, a seven-minute version of it's the song. seven hours. <laughs> it is four days of having your mind blown and learning the meaning of And then of you soul. stumble out of the psychedelic shack and you're like, where am I? And someone grabs your arm and they're like, time doesn't exist. So the psychedelic shack is a great way to kick off your spring or summer. And if you only know the temptations from things like My Girl, My Girl. and their more uh, restrained, pretty doo-wop melodies, uh, it's a great introduction to soul and funk, which would later be expanded upon by George Clinton and Funkadelic and, you know, the Gap Band and the Daz Band and Zapp and Roger and everyone who would come <laughs> after like it's it's a watershed moment in the history of soul music where soul music gets funkier it gets more cosmic and it 
merges with themes that you had never heard before in that genre. Awesome. I want to go to the Psychedelic Shack. I've wanted to go to the Psychedelic Shack since <laughs> I was 10 or 11 years old. <laughs> Sounds terrific. So basically just get down with the get down. So that's our three songs for this episode. That's episode four in the can. Uh, if you would like to say anything to us, you can always use the Twitter, which is at LTTWpod. You can hear any of these songs or any of our previous songs on our Spotify, and you can hear the podcast itself at LTTWcast.com. You can please go to our Patreon. If you want to yell at me, pay me. You can rate and review us, which you don't have to pay for, and you should do. That would be great. That's the way that people find us. Um, also, buy music when you can, or buy concert tickets, or support artists so that Everybody can continue to talk about lyrics and music for the rest of known time. I hope we bring a little brightness to your summer or whenever you may be finding this podcast. It's been a pleasure uh, talking to each other and at you. <laughs> we love you. Good night. And we'll see you next time. A thousand Remember kudos in the kitchen, yeah They'll get things off the ground and it was Oh, oh, This podcast is a presentation of Coffee Finch Studios, LLC, all rights reserved. Informer.